In this podcast, I talk about the issue of risk. How without taking risks, it'll be very difficult for you to achieve any success in your financial life. Let me explain what I'm talking about, how it affects you, and what you can do to get started on accepting a little more risk in your portfolio today. Let's get started. Would you rather talk about your sex life or money life? Surprisingly, most people would rather not talk about money, how to save it or invest it. This podcast is about helping you simplify your money life. Delivered by Dr. Henry Joseph Speck, a psychologist by training, Henry is a seasoned investor with over 40 years of successful investing in real estate, stocks and other alternate forms of income generation. Tune in to the twice-monthly podcasts to get his thoughts and tips on how to reach financial freedom. How to achieve the life you deserve. Now, here's Dr. Speck. Before I get started, I just wanted to remind you if you could uh, remember to subscribe to this uh, podcast and also do a, do a rating, uh, do a review for me. That would be outstanding. Uh, it helps us get more listeners and also helps us spread the word about financial responsibility and making people feel comfortable talking about money. You know, I hear a lot about risk today and people talk about, and pr- primarily financial planners will say, well, we need to look at your you know, your risk tolerance. So let me tell you a story about something that probably would have happened thousands of years ago. And I'll, let's, let's put ourselves in this situation to help you better understand why risk is really a part of life. Now, I live on a, on a small farm here in uh, Blenheim, Ontario. It's 50 acres, and we have a bush at the back. It's about, I'm thinking about 10 acres, and we had planted it. And it's it has all kinds of amazing wildlife and you know, there's trees now because it's been almost 28, 30 years since we planted the bush. We have a pond there. It has some fish in it. So it's it's kind of a, a cool place. But I bring it up because if it was 2,000 years ago and we were, you know, sitting and, and thinking about life and every day we'd go out and we'd look for food, we may have to fish or hunt or gather some food. If over time we noticed that the food sources were becoming tougher to find, so we were, you know, eating too many rabbits and there weren't a lot of deer left or turkeys and, and the water didn't, didn't support enough fish for us, we, we really would have a choice. That choice would be to stay and try to, I guess, figure it out or perhaps send out people to check out for us, maybe we have some strong young people in our group who would go out and look for better places. For example, we may know of a, a river five wa- a days walk away, and if we could send that person out or people out to help scout it and see if it's appropriate, we would be taking a risk of some sort, but at least we'd know if there's a better place for us. And let's assume we did that and a person came back and said, you know, it's it's a tough go. There's some difficult country and we may run into some people who aren't real happy about us moving through their territory but when we get there we think it's worth the chance to take so that we could have you know abundant food and it's a river so it always has fish coming in from a lake and we'll be able to sustain ourselves now if we decide not to go the outcome isn't real great we're probably going to perish we're not going to make it if we do go it's risky Uh, but the rewards are significant. So if half of us or three quarters of the group say, yeah, let's go and let's do this, and the other quarter says, you know, I'm not comfortable with that risk. I think I'm going to stay. We know what the outcome would be. 
So now let's fast forward to today. So, so sorry, before I do that, so obviously the message there is you need to take that risk to survive. And if you think back to your even most recent ancestors, and I think of um, in the book I talk about, you know, Harvey and Martha and Peter and Samantha and what Peter understood about his parents who, who took a risk in leaving a war-torn country to come to Canada. Every generation takes risks of some sort and, and generally to have incredible returns. So today, as you sit across from your financial planner or bank uh, manager or someone who's going to help you invest your money, they may be saying things like, we need to first understand your risk tolerance. And to me, that's really not something that matters. What really matters is fully understanding what the risk would be if you choose a certain decision. I'm going to use a stock today that I talk a lot about in my book called Laurentian Bank, just as an example. You know, if you follow me, that I that I have about 33% uh, Laurentian Bank in my TFSA, and added more and more as the price continued to drop down to 36, 37 dollars. So here's what I would suggest: when you're looking at any type of investment, just as we would have done thousands of years ago, it's very important to understand the various factors or the levels of risk that you're going to face. So if someone were to say to you, uh, Laurentian Bank, let's look at the risk factors, and then you have to decide if it's something you want to do or not. But it's based on the need to do something. You're, you're always going to have to take risks. Uh, Robert uh, Kiyosaki, in his book, um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and many of you, if you're in real estate, have probably read it. If you haven't, I suggest you do it. It's an easy read, and it was written, I think, about 20 years ago. And some of the concepts may not be quite as... Um, relevant today, but I mean, I think it's sold hundreds of millions of copies throughout the world. And he talks about the, if you want the less risk possible, uh, think of a maximum security prison. You don't have to worry about anything in the sense of being provided food and shelter and all of that. But you're, you're <clears throat> the most restricted with regard to your freedom. So there's an offset. So if today you choose to buy a GIC at 3% and inflation continues at 25 you're really not making any and you have no chance to really get ahead as far as planning for your retirement. So there's going to be some risk necessary. Let's look at Laurentian Bank. And if you want to get a pen out, <clears throat> piece of paper, or perhaps you're keeping track on your, your iPhone or, or some other technology, let me go through some of the steps I would do with a stock. So Laurentian Bank, and the symbol is LB, is a Canadian bank. It's uh, currently, at the, at the recording of this, $43.57 a share. It has a price-earnings ratio of 8.64, meaning that's the value um, versus the earnings. The dividend is 5.9%. So let's just stop there. We know that it's fairly valued because 8.64 of a price-to-earnings means it would take you approximately, if you took all those earnings, it would take you 8.64 years to uh, pay for that stock, which is not too bad at all. It pays a dividend of 5.9%. Now, it has something called a beta of 0.98. Now, let me explain. Beta is basically a correlation. So in this case, if the market goes up 10%, the suggestion is that Laurentian Bank will go up almost 10%. If the market goes down 10%, Laurentian Bank will go down 10%. But it's not necessarily going to happen that in a in such a connected way and that's misleading so many of us don't look a lot at beta 
<clears throat> excuse me, I'm getting over this cold, so I might have the odd hack going on here. But the the beta might be helpful if it's down to 0.1 or even zero, because what that tells you is there's no relationship between the stock and the stock market. But a lot of things can happen that reflect that number. Sometimes you want a low beta ratio if there's a lot of volatility. But generally speaking, I think more and more people are suggesting that's not the greatest um, variable to worry about. Debt to equity is an important one that looks at how much does a company owe uh, versus how much does it have on on hand. And this one is 0.14 or 14%, which is a very low number. Uh, for most REITs, I look at uh, 50% debt to equity. So if the, if the building is worth $10, you know, you want to have perhaps no more than $5 in debt against that building. And the price to the book value, for example, if the price of the share is $10 on the stock market, what is the actual um, book value or what is the company worth? In this case with Laurentian, it's 82 cents on the dollar. So it's being sold as a discount. So you have the price. And by the way, the price history over the last 52 weeks is a high of $54 and a low of $36. So why did I take the risk with this stock and why might you? Well, first of all, it pays 5.9% dividend, which to me is always an important number. You have to ask yourself, is it likely to continue with that dividend or will it, is there a risk that it's not going to do that? Now, Laurentian Bank got into a little trouble because there was some suggestion that it took some of its mortgages and, and took out information on people who borrowed money without really checking out if it was true. So people who had small businesses or people who had income that was difficult to verify may have fibbed a bit on their applications. And this came out because Laurentian Bank sold some of their mortgages to someone else who then started digging into these mortgages that they were going to buy. Now here's the interesting factor. When Laurentian Bank did a little digging, they found out that the people who fibbed a little bit on their mortgages actually were paying their mortgage payments um, in a better way than people who were T4'd and provided clear documentation of their income. So these small business owners and people who were tougher to perhaps nailed down with their income, were more likely to pay off their mortgage or make their payments than someone who had a verifiable income. So that's when I saw that. I, I saw the numbers and I saw, I, and then I began looking at the risk and I said, okay, first of all, regardless of what happens to the stock, it pays a 5.9% dividend. It has a price to book of 82 cents on the dollar, which means it's an inexpensive stock. It's a bank. Uh, it doesn't have a lot of debt to equity. <clears throat> excuse me, which is consistent for many banks. Now, let's remember, we're talking about a bank in Canada. Now, in Canada, our banks are highly regulated. It's tough to become a bank. You and I couldn't sit down and start Hank's Bank because there's no opportunity to do that in Canada. Uh, it's a very difficult process to start a financial institution. Uh, another thing against Laurentian Bank, some have argued, is, well, it's big in Quebec. Well, Perhaps, but it's also spread out across other provinces. And the other issue they talk about as well, it, it deals with consumers. So if consumers stop borrowing, they stop buying homes. Well, it's like every other bank. My question is, if Laurentian Bank would go from $43 that it is today down to $30, what would you do if you owned it? Or what would you do if you're considering to buy it? Because these ratios would all change, of course, including the dividend. 
my answer would be to buy it. And that's what I did. I started at probably four, I think it was about 42, and I bought it all the way down to 37. It came back up to 44 and I think 30 cents not too long ago. And I wanted to keep it at 33% of my portfolio. So what you'll need to do is if you have a similar rule, let's say you want to have a bank or some stock be 15% of what you own, as soon as that stock starts to increase in value, the amount of percent of your portfolio increases based on that stock. So you might want to sell some just to get back down to that 33%, which is what I did with Laurentian Bank. So let's summarize and talk about this as far as risk goes. There is a risk. Tomorrow the market could drop 10% and Laurentian Bank would drop back down to $39 or $40. But overall, it's a risk that I'm willing to take. The key is to understand the risk and be able to understand that when something does happen, what is your action point? So just like 2,000 years ago, it's important to understand that we all need to live with risk to survive. And your money and investment life is no different. Now let's talk a little bit about why we are always concerned about risk and what it does to us. We start thinking rapidly about sort of what we call catastrophic thinking. And catastrophic thinking is something that's discussed a great deal in cognitive behavioral therapy and psychology, where we, we may have a situation where, for example, what if the market drops 20%, 30%, 40%, and we start to think in catastrophic ways. But with your investment account, it's important to sit back and think through this and say, okay, I'm going to be collecting my dividend regardless of what happens, and I'm going to own stocks in a bank, which in Canada is a fairly secure thing to own. Will the stock go to $20? Perhaps. What would you do if it went to $20? I would buy more. Some people, unfortunately, would then start selling. And that's why many people who follow their emotions have trouble with their money and with investments. So taking a risk, it's important to think it through. Be deliberate with your process. I told you some of the ratios that I look at. And um, in future podcasts, I'll talk about uh, the issue of real estate, how to look at a building and decide. We're about to close a building in Halifax, and I'll use that as an example in the in upcoming podcasts to talk about you know how we made the decision to take that risk to invest in that property. So please, if someone sits you down and starts talking about risk and saying, well, you know, your risk portfolio, your risk profile is such that I think you should just be in, you know, bonds. Make sure they explain to you that bonds are also very risky in the sense they can go down in value if you buy long-term bonds. If you buy a 30-year bond and interest rates uh, do, in fact, go up, those bonds are going to decrease in value unless you keep them for 30 years. So there is risk in everything we do unless we sit still, and sitting still isn't going to help you create an amazing investment life and an amazing independence that you can get from doing this the right way. I'm Dr. Henry Speck for Shrink Money Advice. Uh, I look forward to speaking with you again next time. Remember to subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends, and make sure you review us on iTunes and so that we can uh, continue to connect with more people and help them develop a healthy relationship with their money. Until next time. You have been listening to the Shrink Money Advice podcast with Dr. Henry Joseph Speck. Remember to pick up your copy of Dr. Speck's latest book, Shrink Money Advice, on Amazon.ca or the audio version at awesound.com. That's A-W-E sound.com. 